Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. What we are doing today is we are just finishing up with our deeper series. Um, this month we just really spoke quite a lot about pressing ourselves deeper in our relationship with God. And one thing, one theme that's, that's coming over and over, and I'm going to conclude with this tonight, is the fact that deeper with God does not mean that you or I acquire more knowledge as to be set apart from other people because we are smarter. Okay, that, that's not the heart in Scripture. We don't see it in the Bible. Um, we do see in Scripture, and we'll tie it together nicely, that God wants us to know the Bible. Amen? He wants you, if, if you get to know God today, if this is your starting day, you've got a lifetime ahead of you to discover God's Word and to know it, and also to give an account for it. All right? But the whole idea of knowing God and His Word more and more is not to be puffed up in knowledge but to be able to follow after the word more accurately and full of faith. Amen? That's the heart. And I'm going to just finish off of that today. It's not going to be a long sermon, but I really hope we can just cement this thing of following after God um, in our hearts and, and, and build on that as we go on to next week. Amen? Just a heads up, we'll have some info up from next week, but we have a month of prayer and fast coming up. Um, at the end of July into August. And, and all we are doing is we are going to talk and preach through the power of prayer. And there's going to be some days, and we'll, we'll still work around it, maybe we'll fast one day a week for the month and just get a culture going again amongst us of setting time apart to fast and pray. And we'll, we'll teach you about fasting, um, what it is and what it's not. But just a heads up, it's coming by the end of a month. Amen? That's one thing the disciples do. They pray and they fast. Other things they do is they spend time in the Word and then they live it. And we, we need to get through all those things in one year. Amen? Oh, any case, let's, let's just pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are here tonight through your Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that when you went to the Father, when you ascended on the clouds, you did not leave us here on our own but you send the Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in our midst. Thank you that in all our mistakes and in all our sins, that you remain with us to love us and to teach us. The enemy so often whispers to us that we may not speak with you because we committed a sin. Or we may not speak with you because we forgot to pray or we cease reading the Bible and yet you come whispering to us over and over, come back. I want to have community with you. I want to be with you. I want to lead you. And we just want to thank you for that tonight. That you remain with us. We bless you and we welcome you. Amen. 
I'm just thinking about the nation of Zimbabwe and all I'm thinking is uh, Regis and Brown went there once on mission and they, they took the passports and they said never again. So I'm glad that we can send teams without you guys. <laughs> uh, I heard at one stage, um, I don't know who it was, I think it was Rudy, Rudy's just sharing the story. So they're praying in Zimbabwe and it's an intense moment, you know, there's stuff going on. And in the background, he sees Brown with a kid in his hand like this, squat throwing and Regis catching the kid on the other side. Now, Rudy is explaining now he, he, he's supposed to pray, but he's just seeing these kids being medicine balls there in the background. Any case, Carl, you, you're going to be okay, okay? Lessons from 1 Thessalonians 2. Abide in Jesus. If we just go to slide number 2, this is just something we said from the very first sermon. We have to move from knowing to becoming. We have to make a transition from knowing Scripture to asking the Spirit to help us do Scripture. From knowing about Jesus to becoming like Him. Amen? Everyone with me? I'm just summarizing here. We have to move from observing to yielding our lives and following His example. And We've been just speaking about this from different angles almost the whole month. And tonight I'm just going to conclude. 1 John 2 verse 4. Check this out. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not keep His commandments is a liar. That's quite a straight work there, word there. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Abide. Okay. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So you're going to see this word abide on the screen. So if you're new around here, Maybe you're wondering, especially if you're Afrikaans. Um, Vian actually had a sermon on abiding in Christ. Please get it. It was awesome. Uh, abide means to be one with. Okay, so when we say to abide in Christ, what we are saying is to remain in Him or to keep in step with Him. So a great picture of abide is, is the parable of the vine that Jesus tells. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branch, Abide in me. Let the two remain together. All right. And so what scripture says here is whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way he walked. Can you see this? There's a step that's been taken from I know certain scriptures. I have a Bible to I am following after Christ to become more like him. And this, this to walk after him, people can see it where you work. They can see it. At home, in your marriage, they can see it in your family and your friends see it. Because there's a movement from beyond knowing to becoming. Everyone with me? It's just That's just revisiting what we've done. Okay, so just a few examples around that. Who, who of you guys have been on missions? Quickly, hands up. There's quite a lot of you, all right? Um, when I see you guys coming back from missions, I see something in your eyes every time. It's like, it's, it's, diffi- it's difficult to explain it, but all I know is that you've seen something of God that you've not seen before. Because you've went from knowing to becoming, to actually go. Missions is just an example I'm using. 
And who of you that's been on mission has experienced this? You come back from missions and it was mind-blowing. And then someone asks you, so who was it? And then you are frustrated because you can't tell them what it meant to you on the inside. Who knows what I'm talking about? I'll tell you why it is like that. Before you went on missions, you knew God had a heart for the nations, right? That's why you went. I went on missions once, also to Zimbabwe, and they took us to an orphanage. And the man that was in charge of the orphanage had all the kids line up from this height down to this. And, and he started, he said, this one was left by his parents in the home. They just went away. They never came back. He's been living here for the last 10 years. This one, we don't know where he came from. He pitched up on our door. And he, he went through all the little kids. And, and the one, he said, this one we found in the Millie Lands. And I cried. I just wept. And what was revealed to me is how much I love that little kid, which I don't know. How much more must God love him? I knew God loved people before. Are you with me? But on mission, something deeper happened. So I come back home and someone said, asked me, so how was missions? How do I explain that? You see, there's a power in becoming like Christ. It cannot always be explained verbally because he's showing you truths that you already know, but he's taking you to a deeper level as you walk like him. Are you with me? I've shared this and I'll share it again. Just the power of becoming and following Christ. So one day you come to church, you thought you always were a Christian. You say, Lord, I just give my life to you. And something changed within you. All right? And, and, and you've, you've read the gospel. You know some stuff about Jesus. But now you go back to work and you share your faith for the first time. And you just hear the people next door making jokes about you. It's happened to me as well. All right? And you're like, Oh, that feeling of rejection. It's so much easier just to fit in. And then you read the Bible, John 6, verse 66, and it says, many of the disciples followed Jesus no more. They turned away. And you're sitting in that office and you say, Lord, now I know. I know you're a bit better today. Why? Because you have lived in following Christ. Why following Christ? You've lived past an experience that you've read about in scripture and your connection with that scripture will always be stronger. Are you with me? We must move from knowing to becoming so that we can know him heart to heart. There's also the great side. So you pray for someone. This has happened in my life. I've prayed for a couple for many months. Or even years. And then one day, the man, wife has been praying for her husband. Wasn't a great marriage. One night, this man says, I want to follow you, Jesus. Turns his life around. He goes back home. You read the scripture that says, in heaven, there's a party when one sinner turns. And you're like, no, I know how that feels. He's going home. They're going to be okay. We must move from knowing to becoming. That's what we've been saying the whole time. Everyone with me? That's where we are tonight. Take me to Oki Langs and say, Is je reg? So what I'm not going to do tonight is um, 
is validated through Scripture that we should abide in Christ. We've, we've done that. We know we want to walk as He walked. We want to know Him heart to heart. What, where I'm actually getting at tonight is giving you some tools, showing you some things that you will face or that can help you while you abide in Christ. Okay, But just, just to start off, this is Paul writing to the Thessalonians and he says, Because our gospel came to you not only in words, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. You know, check that out, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. We know what kind of men we prove to be. What Paul says is, I did not come to only deliver a message. I lived the message among you. Can you see that? Paul became a follower of Jesus. Everything changed. And this changed man took this message to the people. And they could see in his life that he loved Christ. Okay, so the gospel is perfect. It's a perfect Will of God, it's, it's in the Bible. Are you with me? There's, there's a electric fence around the gospel. No one can steal from it or add to it. Agreed? It's God. It's not my Bible. I can't change it. It's God's. But here's the thing. God makes himself vulnerable in that only human beings can share the gospel to others. Okay? So the perfect gospel comes through people like me who are sinful. Right? Why is it? That if a, there's a great church, they're just thriving and amazing things are happening. Next day you hear there's no more church left. Because the head pastor left his wife for another man's wife in the congregation. <laughs> Gone. The gospel is caused to stand alongside people who stand. Okay? It's very important as you long to work for God that you keep on growing and become more and more like Christ as you share the gospel. Both is important. The perfect message and your life. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. So the enemy will always come. The, the pastor or the leader of a congregation around the world, doesn't matter what church, the enemy will always go for that person and try and discredit his testimony, ruin his marriage, do whatever he can, because once that is ruined, you've got problems. All right? Are you with me? And so Paul obviously stands and he says, you know, he's abiding in Christ. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 2, Paul gives us three things that's important for abiding. Okay, He's writing to this congregation and he's building them up. And there's three things I want you to take from this tonight. If you say, I want to become more like Christ, I want to follow him, and I want to remain in him, listen up. Because these three things will help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Let's start. For you yourself know, brothers, in 1 Thessalonians 2, you can read this for yourself as well, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. So what transpired is Paul went to Macedonia to the church there, and he was brutally beaten and afflicted. It is only after that 
that he reaches the one Thessalonians. All right, you see that pattern? The first thing I want you to take home is that abiding will require endurance in your life. The endurance of faith. I can guarantee you this. There will be things in your life, on your road to God, which will tempt you and give you great reasons and great explanations to exit the race. All right? Like almost being killed on your previous mission. All right? I want to give you two examples. This, this just brings me to tears. I want to tell you a quick story and then I'm going to re- read your scripture. So Israel is God's family, right? Israel is also likened to God's bride. I'm in the Old Testament now. It's God's people. God loves Israel. One thing he says, they enter into the promised land. He says, don't marry the people from the foreign land because they worship other gods and they will steal your heart. In fact, he says, remove them. They don't listen. Just after Joshua, the leader dies, they go and marry people that serve other gods. And it says, they turned their hearts away from God. In fact, I've At the end it says, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. God loves his people, though they are idol worshippers. He sends Samuel at some stage. Samuel comes, they say, no, we want a king. They give him, they anoint Saul, good start, bad end. Then came David, great king. You can agree with me. After David dies, his son rises to the throne, Solomon. He marries 700 princesses. That serves foreign gods. Not one, 700. Okay? Solomon started strong. It says at the end, his heart turned away from God. He brought up places where the people could worship, where his wives could worship their gods. It came into Israel. Broke God's heart. As a consequence, God judges Israel. Country splits in two, north and south. It says only, do not go after other gods. They keep on. There you've got the book of kings. You, this king did that. He was bad. He was worse. You with me? There's a long list of kings. Right at the end, it became so bad that God judged them, send in the Assyrians, throw the whole Israel out of their own country. He finds them in this verse after walking away from him every time. This is God's word to them through a prophet. Can we go to the next slide? Slide number seven. Thank you. But now this is the Lord who created you, O Jacob. He who formed your Israel. Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name because you are mine. You want to talk about endurance? We serve a God of endurance. He tells those people scattered, I am still your God. I am still in love with you. You are mine like a husband would call his wife. Another king comes through the work of God, sends the people back to Jerusalem. That's when Nehemiah comes in, wants to build a wall. Amen. Again, (laughs) they marry foreign people and they worship other gods. God persists and he sends his son, puts everything on the table. Here we are. We're still running away. He's still fighting for us. 
we serve a God of endurance. We don't look for him. Romans says we none looks for him. If, if God is there, we are walking here like zombies. We, don't, we are so clueless. And then he comes. He brings us near every time. So when he reaches you, know this. He will make you like himself. Full of endurance. And he will ask you to endure with his church until he comes back. Why? Because she's perfect? No. Thousands of people leave the church every day. No, the pastor said this. No, this happened. No, that happened. And they go. Not God. He remains. So God will work endurance in you. So that does not happen what happens in your life. That you will be able to endure and abide in Him. Because know this. Temptations will come to move you, to separate you from God. Once a believer abides in Christ, the places where they dwell change. If you have a company and you abide in Christ, that whole company will change. If you hang out somewhere and you are close to Christ, long enough, hard enough, focus enough, that place will change. Your marriage will change. So the enemy will want to remove you from abiding with Christ. And I think Satan, every time Israel just walked away from God, Maybe he said, this is the last time God is coming back for his people. And every time God came back. What about you? Are you ready to endure until the end? Because that is what is asked of you. And it is possible. Push through whatever the task is. Are you with me, everyone? Everyone with me tonight? Paul writes. I'm just quickly going to read it for you. It's... It's on my computer. You don't have it. He says, five times I've received at the hands of a Jews 40 lashes, less one. All right. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. That's already a few movies in one. A night and day adrift at sea. It's like castaway number one. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from our own people. This goes on. Toil and hardship. And apart from other things, it's a daily pressure on me of anxiety for all the churches. It is after that when he says this. If we go to the next slide. And then he says, there's a, there's a thorn in my flesh. And he says, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness. Can you, you know, if you're this guy's enemy, you're in trouble. Because it doesn't matter what you do. He says, so therefore, I will boast in my weakness. Let, let, let's try and kill him so that he can see how weak he is. And then he worships God and thank him for his weakness. Wow. So we see a man that can endure him here. Number one. Abiding will require endurance in the faith for you and for me. Hopefully they won't stone you, okay? But you will get discouraged, amen? You will share and they will say, are you crazy? Someone will say, yes, I want you to walk a road with me and, and, and you'll commit to meet with them and see them and they will never show up. Break your heart. They will say, no, no, don't worry, you're not alone, I'm with you, I've got your back. And then when it happens, you're all alone. All those things to discourage you, endure in the faith, abide in Him. 
Don't let the enemy move you. Amen? All right, I've got a big piece of scripture on there. I'm not going to read it. Don't worry. The next slide. I've just highlighted some things for you to see. So the Apostle Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. We think he's quite a hot shot. This is him writing to the Thessalonians. I don't know if you've ever noticed it. Look at how he refers to his ministry. Though we, though we, our, we, 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 we. I've, I've checked in Thessalonians, I think 70 times. He refers to the ministry which was started by him as we. He's talking about himself, Timothy, and another guy called Silas. Okay? Number two. God provides a team that you may abide. Okay? In your abiding with Christ, in the task He gives you, know this, you are not alone. Alright? That would be the single most hardest thing for me if I had to work for God but do it alone. But God has not purposed it that way. He says, you are the body of Christ. He's the head. And so even Paul, the apostle, the great writer, says, remember when we were there. Remember what we said. It was our message. So we see a great leader like Paul just making sure they know that he's not great and famous. And so somewhere, wherever you go in this world, I don't know if you're going to stay here forever. Maybe God's going to send you to other places. Know this. Find the place where the believers gather if you want to remain in Christ and abide. Because if Paul could not do it alone, you will not be able to. We become more like God, three in one. All right. We see the Father loving us, sending the Son. We see the Spirit coming on the Son when He gets baptized, empowers Him to do miracles. We see the Spirit today moving here, lifting our eyes to see, to see the Son wants no recognition. Then we see the sun leave, we see the spirit comes back. God three in one puts us in a team. The only problem is the team that God has is perfect. This team here, yeah. It's a big problem, eh? Start with me. It's not a good start for the congregation. You are laboring and you are worshiping among people with mistakes. Futa van Klein, eh? So we spoke about this a lot. We speak about this a lot in our church. There's, there's a little bit of a culture in churches, you know, in culture, if you look all over the world, where the pastor is built up as a separate great figure. He's got a jet. He's got a great house. He's got the perfect clothes. When he comes to church, he takes out his handkerchief. Everyone's like, who? Because this guy is just, he's just it. And quickly, because of, I don't know what, good marketing and everything, there's a lot of places, but there's no one near to this man, there's no one near to his marriage, there's no one near enough to say, hey, are you also repenting for your sins? And then one day he falls. Boom, everything ends. And so what we see from Scripture is better that the pastor is here amongst the people and they see from the start his mistakes and then we built a relationship together. That stands until Christ comes back. All right? If it's true for me, it's true for you. What that means is on your journey, let people in. Let people into your life to come near to you.
Let them close enough. A lot of you will tell me, ja, maar ek het al gedoen en mens het my seer gemaakt. Yes, and they will again. The pain of people that hurt you is nothing in comparison to the pain of walking alone. Lift up your arm and if a knife comes in, deal with it. Go to medic clinic, alright? Spiritual medic clinic. That's forgiveness and repentance. I'm just playing around. You know what I'm saying here. For me to abide with Christ, I can spiritually never be alone. Never. Because I will not stand. I will not remain. Practically in my life, if there's a sin that comes in and I ignore it, in other words, I don't want to tell anyone in the congregation and what I'm doing on a spiritual level is I'm starting to isolate myself. Because I'll be around you guys, but I will not show you this. That is dangerous to me and this is dangerous to this church. But it's also to you. Small group leader, small group member, attender. Make sure there's someone you can trust. Um, I'm not scared to say it, but when we were students, sometimes these examples help. If, If one of our friends... Holidays, backslide time, okay? Everyone's at Stellenbosch worshiping God, it's church, yeah, the air is so cool, alles, gaan ons op vakantie, then everyone backslides. So we had a thing where we had to phone someone every day and just say, it's going good with me, yo, I had a hard day on the beach with all those girls and I didn't know where to look, but I made it, I made it, I was okay, please pray for me tomorrow, you know, <laughs> bouncy eyes is something we said, you know, if you if you see something coming along that you should not be looking at, then we, you know, like, operate like that, but whatever, whatever was needed, it's, it's funny, but we were accountable, can you see that? So, uh, we would also have access to one another's computers, and, and we would make sure, please make sure that I follow Christ. Now, we laugh at those examples, but look at where it got us. A lot of us pastoring churches today. Carl was with me in Rez. Gilly, the pastor from Potchefstroom. Alistair is in London. It's those, it's those moments of inviting people in that is just so precious. It's a good culture to have in your life. Amen. Because you marry one day and you and your girlfriend back then, it started when you were alone and then you and your girlfriend and you and your fiancé never had the culture of letting other people in and now you're stuck in a marriage and you can talk to no one because he will not permit it. And he cannot go for help because she will feel offended. You see, the sooner we learn to open our hearts, the better that we can remain in Him. Amen? Awesome. God provides a team that you may abide in Him. Um, Can I tell you another story? Is that okay? So one guy, you know, um, he's he's still in Secunda. I met him when I just got here and I could see, man, this young man, he's got a zeal for God. He really, he really loves Jesus because he's on street praying for the people the whole day. Let's just call him Jerry, Mother Jerry. <laughs> I said, Jerry, it's great what you are doing. Are you a part 
of a church body. If not, come come and join us. Let us walk a road with you. Let us build you up. God's got plans with your life. We can see it. I, I could sense the zeal. The Holy Spirit is, was really busy with that man. I don't know where he's at right now. But he would not become a part of a group of people because he want to be set apart. He is the one that prays for the people. He is the one that gives the scripture. He is the one that takes initiative and would not sit together with people and grow as a group. Never learn to have people around him. And so there was another man in Cape Town. He's a self-proclaimed prophet with his YouTube clips. And now this is old Jerry's hero. It's a kuna. And he reached out to the guy in Cape Town. The guy said, if you give him a large amount of money, it was something like 30 or 40 or 20,000. If you give me that money, I will teach you to all the things I know. And this young man who does not have many money took the money and paid it to that man, never saw or heard of him again. The heart to be set apart, to be greater, to be the only one who knows. It's not from God. Whenever you become part of God's team, it always will require of you to lay down your excellence for the team. Amen? Awesome. Last one. Three things from 1 Thessalonians 2 to help you abide. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext of greed. God is witnessed. Just going on to a different piece, a few of us on. He says, we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you, believers. Number three, abide in the simple gospel through obedience. Through obedience is an important part. So we see Paul in, in, in um, Corinthians writing the same thing. Remember, uh, we spoke about it, I think, last week in Corinthians. It uh, was a culture of the community to gather around extravagant speakers. These people would stand in the marketplace and they would have what they call rhetorical speeches where they would ask questions, answer it, ask questions and put emotion in it. And people would say, wow, did you hear that person? It's so amazing. I'm a follower of him or I'm a follower of him because these guys were just exceptional in the knowledge. And there was a lot of things that tickled the ear of the people. So they, they spoke about mysticism, you know, things. And you've got all those things, Greek mythology. That's where you find Zeus and all those things. All right. A lot of things for the ears. And then came Paul and he said, Christ Jesus died and he rose. And if you worship him, he will forgive your sins. And they said, how foolish. How foolish compared to these great speeches, all these authors. Now, I mean, it's so simple. And then he writes, the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. Amen. But life to those who accept it. And here again, he says, can we go back one slide, please? He says, we came to you. We never came to you with words of flattery. 
as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. So he came with a gospel. Here it is. Christ Jesus died. That if you would lay down your life and hold on to him, you will never be put to shame. That was his work. Thessalonians also infused with a lot of Greeks in that area. Thessalonica, okay? Once again, simple gospel. Next, next slide, please. Want to abide in Christ? Abide in the simple gospel. Let me just explain it to you in another way. We spoke about this. So the one man, there's a setting in a home, you find it in the gospels. Great man, knows a lot about stuff. He's a scholar, he's a Pharisee, gets Jesus in. He knows everything. A woman comes in, she cries on the feet of Jesus. She pours all her expensive oils and washes her feet. This Pharisee, who knows everything, he thinks in his heart, this sinful woman, who's the one who went with Christ afterwards? The one who only knew one thing, this is the one to whom I bow my knee. And she did it. Amen? Simple gospel. I'm not discrediting the fact that we should know the Bible, but let me give you another example. If you go through all those Old Testament stories I just quickly touched on, you've got all the kings. There's a lot of stuff. Someone can come and say, oh, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. Here's the point. Israel has a heart in her that longs after other gods to pull them away from God. That's a simple truth. If after I read the whole Old Testament and I come up with this, Lord, you long to be worshipped. I don't understand everything, but this is one thing. I know my heart also long after other gods. That's a simple truth. And you get on your knees, you got it right. You read all those knowledge, become puffed up to just have conversations with people, you've lost the battle. It's the simple gospel that draws us to abide. It's the simple message that gets me tomorrow morning to remember to take my sins to God. It's as simple as that. Jesus, please forgive me for that. I go and I discover the word. Let's not make a mistake. I try and understand it as deeply as I can. But if ever I should take a week and read the Bible and take the words and the Greek words and try to make sense, but I don't get on my knees and respond to the simple fact that there's sin in my heart and ask for forgiveness, I miss it the whole week. Depth should lead us here. Not only here. Abiding will require endurance. God provides a team. Look around you. This is your team, whether you like it or not. All right? It's a good team. They don't bring me enough boltong, but they're okay. Yeah. Just, just kidding. Please don't. Abide in the simple gospel through obedience. Let's stand tonight and let's ask the Holy Spirit to put it in our hearts. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment um, where you are standing and just take a deep breath. Awesome, like an.
Do you know that if you come to God with all the honesty in your heart and say, here I am, forgive me and work with me, that you are praying the perfect prayer. You know, sometimes we, we, we're so intimidated by the knowledge of people and, and we don't know the baseline of the powerful gospel is that you just surrender your heart to Him. But here's the truth about our simple gospel. Simple means it's easy to understand but it cannot be understood unless the Holy Spirit touches that person on the heart. That's why many will hurt themselves over and over, relationship upon relationship, heartbreak upon heartbreak, financial issues, and just when they're out of it, they spend again putting themselves in trouble. Why? Even though it looks so simple, if the Holy Spirit does not lead, they will keep on going in circles. And I just want to pray for you tonight that you get it. Amen? Father, I want to thank you for every person here tonight. And thank you that you are leading them and just calling their names as they are standing in front of you tonight, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for each one of us, whether we've known you for many years, been in this church a long time, or whether we are new around here, that we will come to a place where we daily surrender our hearts before you. Lord, help us not to just know things about you, but to become like you. Can we have that last scripture on the screen, Lauren, if that's possible? Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him everyone who believes is freed from everything for which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Thank you, Lord. And as we are closing tonight, Lord, Come into our lives and free us. Let's just quickly take a moment. Will you just close your eyes? If you just want to recommit and reconnect to God, just quickly put up your hand where you are standing. I want to pray for you guys. Just as a sign. Just as a sign. Whether it is to abide in Him and not to let go, whether it is to come to Him again. Lord, I want to just thank you for every hand, Lord, and every heart. Thank you for the simple gospel that whoever will come to you, whoever will come to you will not be put to shame, Lord. Not one of these persons, Lord, with their hands up, Lord, will be put to shame when you come back, Lord, as they present their lives to you. 
Oh, Lord, in our journey as we want to become like you and follow you, Lord, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to abide also with those around us, with our team, Lord, that we will endure until the end and that we will believe and obey the simple gospel.